It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. How can there be well over a hundred degree difference in temperature within the borders of the U.S. lower 48 states? Climate engineering is how, and it happened again this week. Regions of the U.S. West that were up to 40 degrees below average, well below zero, and regions in the U.S. East with record-breaking high temperatures of nearly 90 degrees, 30 degrees above normal, accelerating global climate intervention operations and provoking global conflict. The predator class continues to double down on doom. Next, this report from Thursday. Russia State TV discusses nuclear strike on Yellowstone volcano. That headline from Newsweek.com. Sparking a supervolcano would certainly cool things down. History Channel. Yellowstone. Big volcano ready to erupt. What a coincidence, those two headlines. What do you think? Winter weather warfare also cools things down at the surface temporarily and toxically. Stay tuned for more on that subject. And for the record, there are no good guys at the top of global power structures, just various degrees of bad and worse. On that theme, this headline of total insanity from the New York Times, ozone depletion seen as a war tool. Take a moment to ponder that level of total insanity. From the New York Times report, quote, It's not only the fluorocarbons used as propellants in spray cans that can destroy the ozone layer, but a variety of other man-made substances as well may be endangering the protective layer of atmospheric ozone, a federal panel was told. No could, may, might. Is, has been. Dr. Michael B. McElroy of Harvard University said that one of them, bromine, appears so effective at ozone depletion that it could be used as a weapon. He continues, if injected into the stratosphere over enemy territory in sufficient quantity, according to this proposition, it would purge the ozone layer, permitting ultraviolet radiation from the sun, that includes UVC, to reach the ground with sufficient intensity to destroy crops and incapacitate inhabitants. The stratosphere, McElroy said, has become the chemical garbage dump of industrial civilization, end quote. And Dr. Frank S. Rowland of the University of California at Irvine was quoted in the Times report saying the following, if the rising trend in spray can use continues within 50 years or less, the ozone layer will have been reduced from 10 to 40%. This, in effect, Mr. Rowland says, on skin cancer, climate, and agriculture would be, quote, catastrophic. The New York Times report is from February 28th, 1975. Again, the title, Ozone Depletion Seen as a War Tool. First question, what has likely had the greatest impact on Earth's life-giving ozone layer over the last almost 50 years since this New York Times report was published? Aerosol spray cans? Or massive fleets of aerosol spraying climate engineering jet aircraft that are spewing tens of millions of tons of contaminants into our skies annually. Elements like aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, surfactants, polymer fibers, and even graphene. And then there's the microwave transmission manipulation of these toxic particles that must be considered as well. So 
which is the most logically dangerous and damaging factor for almost the last 50 years and beyond? Spray cans or the covert global climate engineering Manhattan Project? Intentionally destroying the ozone layer as a military weapon. Is that what our government considers reasonable, rational, or even sane in any way? And for those that believe the recent official propaganda that the ozone layer will miraculously heal itself in the coming decades, think again. It's only getting worse. A functional collapse of the ozone layer is by itself an extinction-level event. No photosynthesis, no insects, no plankton, no food, no us. Let's take a momentary deeper dive into the depths of the insanity. A reminder of this 140-page U.S. military document recovered by geoengineeringwatch.org that outlines the use of forest fires as a military weapon. This is posted at geoengineeringwatch.org, describing exactly the processes we have continuously monitored at Geoengineering Watch. The atmospheric aerosol dispersion of desiccant materials that slowly kill off and dry out forest lands, preparing them for extreme incineration. The specific source of ignition isn't relevant in this discussion. It's the forest conditions that are the foundational aspect to this equation. Even more shocking, the document in question, again, titled Forest Fires as a Military Weapon, outlined numerous potential target zones within the borders of the U.S., including Mount Shasta, California. Why? What possible motive would the controllers have? For those that honestly want solid science answers to that question, very unpleasant answers, please search and view this report, Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda. You won't like what you learn, but knowing is necessary. It's not possible to fight what is not understood. There's also the U.S. military document titled Owning the Weather by 2025. Many naively ask, why would the U.S. military want to control the weather? Response, why wouldn't they? A covert weapon of war with which populations anywhere and everywhere can be controlled or crushed without those populations ever even knowing they were under assault. Even populations within their own boundaries. Populations that the increasingly desperate criminal cabal masquerading as our government knows that they are losing control of. And as those populations wake up to what's been done to them on countless fronts, will they take to the streets? with their proverbial pitchforks and torches looking for all those responsible for what's been done to them and all those that helped to cover up those crimes, a.k.a. Matrix Media and everyone involved with it. Climate engineering operations, including the increasingly severe engineered winter weather scenarios, serve as a means to temporarily and toxically mask the true severity of unfolding climate collapse and planetary meltdown while paradoxically worsening the overall heating of the planet in the process. How desperate are the controllers? Some of the so-called scientists that serve them have openly discussed what they see as the potential benefits of utilizing nuclear detonations to help cool the planet. Any such notion is truly the epitome of human hubris and insanity. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the end of the world as we know it broadcast, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. 
Moving on. More puzzle pieces. From this week, this new report, while going through the following new articles, consider that some in the ranks of the controller class, again, have pondered using nukes to try to cool the planet. From Earth.com, this. Risk of nuclear winter underestimated by most people. From that report, a new study led by the University of Cambridge has found that there is a significant lack of awareness among both U.S. and U.K. populations. No accident that there is such a lack of awareness, regarding the possibility and effects of a, quote, nuclear winter. The potential for long-term environmental and public health consequences from any exchange of nuclear weapons. The analysis revealed that only 3.2 and 7.5% respectively of the participants from the UK and the US were familiar with such a phenomenon. Let's continue, same theme this week from Forbes.com. This report, no sunny days for a decade, extreme cold and starvation, quote, nuclear winter, and the urgent need for public education. From the Forbes report, nuclear warheads striking cities would cause firestorms and send huge amounts of soot into the stratosphere. Temperatures would drop around the world, leaving many places at sub-zero temperatures. Mass crop failure, international trade in food suspended. Mass starvation. Hundreds of millions of people, even in countries distant from the conflict, would die. Soil and water close to where the nuclear weapons were used would be contaminated. This all sounds bad, but in reality, if any nuclear exchange occurs on top of all the damage already done to the planet, game over. Again, some so-called science circles are openly discussing the use of nuclear detonations to provide temporary cooling for planet Earth. If it happens... It's the end of the road. And if we're somehow able to avoid a nuclear bomb Armageddon, does that mean we all live happily ever after? Truly, it's hard to know where to even start on that question. The triple nuclear meltdown at Fukushima is an ELE by itself, extinction-level event, if other factors don't do the job first, which is by far the most likely scenario. Chernobyl is again rearing its head. The sarcophagus is deteriorating and disintegrating. Nuclear radiation is the gift that keeps on giving. And then there's the other 440 aging and deteriorating nuclear power plants all over the globe. Question what happens to them when civilization collapses? That blank isn't hard to fill in. Again, game over. Many times over. And the not-so-sane human race is building 60 more nuke plants right now. Welcome to the asylum. Oceans are all but dead, plankton populations have crashed, insects crashed, wildlife crashed, crop production crashing, empty store shelves coming soon to a location near you. And after that, a supercharged version of Mad Max. Perhaps comparable to the movie The Purge, but on a global scale, with no stopping points till the brutal, bitter end. Yes, this is a solid bombardment of bad news, and there's many more breaking reports to come that most haven't heard a thing about by design. But remember, there is zero chance of turning the tide without fully facing the unspun truth. And what has the Matrix Media bombarded us with for much of this week? The ongoing courtroom drama of a single murder trial. Near-term planetary omnicide closing in from countless directions, and the vast majority see nothing wrong. Their iPhones work, Walmart's open, Costco's stocked up, and there's no shortage of Big Macs. What could be wrong? The money printers control the illusion. They control the matrix. They control public perception, or rather, all too often, the lack of it. They control the crime syndicate known as the U.S. government. 
Here's a nugget of timeless wisdom from an exceptional human being that once walked among us so long ago. Though I have made mention of this quote in the past, it needs to be heard again. How does it become a man to behave towards the American government today? I answer, says Thoreau, that he cannot without disgrace be associated with it. How true that is, and how few are willing to face it. If you think that those in power are here to protect you and your posterity, time to wake up. From foreignpolicy.com, this headline from this week, China doesn't want a geoengineering disaster. The report states Beijing and Washington share an interest in rules for climate experimentation. They certainly do, don't they? No matter what the surface tensions and conflicts, the climate engineering cooperation and cover-up between all major powers continues. More from the Foreign Policy Report. In high emissions scenarios, the cost of adaptation to a warming planet could reach $500 billion annually in developing countries alone by 2050, according to a United Nations estimate. Let's stop for a moment to correct the record on that statement. On the current course, no one will be here in 2050 or 2040 or likely 2030. Not opinion. Statistical trajectory. This report continues with this. But there's a big problem with geoengineering. The research and development of geoengineering interventions lie almost entirely outside the reach of existing international law. Without a robust global governance framework, they say, and clear guardrails to prevent unilateral deployment, this could potentially unleash geopolitical as well as ecological havoc. Too late. Over 75 years too late. Damage done. There's no going back. Now the question is, can we yet salvage anything of the planet's dying life support systems. We have been horrific stewards of planet Earth in countless ways, climate engineering being the epitome of that self-destructive insanity. From the Washington Post, same theme, climate engineering. This headline from this week, Can Geoengineering Slow Climate Change? We Need Research to Find Out. Author, Gernot Wagner. This report, like so many others, smoke and mirrors pretending that what we see in our skies isn't really there. We're not really seeing what we're seeing. The climate engineering elephant in our skies, again, not actually there. That's what they want us to believe. Search and review this report from geoengineeringwatch.org. Exposing faces of the Carnegie Science criminal climate engineering cover-up. Gernot Wagner, Dr. Douglas McMartin, Dr. David Keith, Dr. Ken Caldera, among others. Learn who the disinformation actors are. On to winter weather warfare that's being aggressively waged on unknowing populations. First, a few past reminder headlines. Artificial snowstorm brings chaos to Beijing. That's from ABC News. Next, China's weather manipulation brings crippling snowstorm to Beijing. That's from Popular Science. Next, China's artificially induced snow closes 12 highways. That's from Reuters.com. And next, China is massively expanding its weather modification program, saying it will be able to cover half the country in artificial rain and snow by 2025. That's from businessinsider.com. And from vox.com, this artificial snow is nothing like the real thing. How true that is. What now so often falls from our skies bears no resemblance to the naturally nucleated snowflakes of decades now long past. Styrofoam-looking pellets or cotton ball-like clumps and many forms in between, but not the spectacularly beautiful and unique snowflakes that only nature 
can create. And often this frozen chemically nucleated material is far colder than the surrounding ambient temperatures. How can that be? Patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding is how. Here's the point. With these former headlines from major sources, engineering winter weather with, again, patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding, which is old technology, patents for this processes have existed since at least 1950. If the Chinese government is routinely carrying out such operations, only the willfully blind would believe that the organized crime syndicate masquerading as the U.S. government isn't doing exactly the same thing on an exponentially larger scale. Given the fact that the U.S. military has three times more jet tankers than all other militaries in the world combined. Think about it. Search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. With all that in mind, let's cover some headlines. First, from Axios.com, from an historic blizzard to record heat, extreme weather to slam U.S. this week. And what are the moisture feed for winter storm olive, which is what they're speaking about on the winter storm part of this? Where did that moisture come from? Yet again, from the record warm Gulf of Mexico. Again, much more on the subject of completely engineered winter weather in a moment. First, from multiple sources, Gulf of Mexico warming two times faster than global oceans. From that report, a new study finds that the surface waters in the Gulf of Mexico have warmed up approximately twice as fast as the global ocean average over the last 50 years. What are the primary ramifications? The report states greater sea level rise through thermal expansion, larger dead zones for fish and wildlife where waters become hypoxic, meaning superheated low or no oxygen dead zones. And for the record, there's over 500 dead zones already in existence around the world. They're increasing and expanding by the day. Final point mentioned from this report, more intense hurricanes, which are routinely kept from coming anywhere near the oil-producing regions of the Gulf of Mexico. Just a coincidence? Not so much. Search geoengineeringwatch.org hurricanes to learn much, much more, to see irrefutable proof of hurricanes being steered with ground-based frequency transmitters. Please don't believe me. Please just look at the data. The weather makers have swung the pendulum of warm to cold winter weather whiplash back to the western half of the U.S., After so many years of keeping the eastern half of the country consistently cooler and wetter, the climate engineers have of late manipulated multiple surface cooldowns in the U.S. West, again with patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations. Much of the moisture that would have fallen as rain is dried up. This is part of the endothermic process of the desiccant particles. They are pushing moisture into the U.S. West from very anomalous and historically unprecedented directions This moisture is scattered with frequency transmissions over the widest possible area. It's chemically nucleated. We have days of featureless skies, very cold surface layers, but very little precipitation through much of this as that moisture is migrated further east where it's brought down in other locations where the climate engineers want to create and enhance engineered winter weather with many sensationalized headlines to go with it. That's the point. Here's a succession of sensationalized headlines this week that are, again, one of the primary objectives of the climate engineers and their controllers. First, winter weather warfare with winter storm Olive. This headline from AccuWeather, quote, meteorologists warn about impending snowstorm. For the record, 
This is the scheduled weather script given to us by the script readers. All the weather modeling for National Weather Service and NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, is passed down from Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, private defense contractors that are neck deep in climate engineering patents and operations. And so this script goes all the way down to the local so-called forecasters or meteorologists. They're literally reading a script of the scheduled weather. That's how the system worked. Remember the illegal federal gag order on National Weather Service and NOAA employees, the nation's weathermen. Why? Not hard to answer that question. Next sensationalized headline, winter storm warnings cover 22 million across the U.S. Next, shoveling snow feels like shoveling cement, according to one Massachusetts resident. Why would that be? Because when they're nucleating moisture that's being pumped and steered and directed out of the record warm Gulf of Mexico, that should not be falling as a frozen material. And when it does, it's far heavier than any naturally nucleated material. That's why you have, in front of this push of more moisture from the record warm Gulf of Mexico, you have a transition zone of ice storm before anything falls as a frozen material of some type in various forms as I covered earlier. And that ice storm area is now the norm with these Gulf of Mexico so-called winter storms. We have the climate engineering cover-up actors, again, like those at the Weather Channel, trying to explain this away as some sort of natural phenomenon when it's anything but, and we know because we're testing the material, we're not guessing, full of climate engineering elements, very toxic elements. Next, sensationalized headlines, also from AccuWeather. Major winter storm hits residents hard across Midwest. Another headline, hundreds of flights canceled amid massive winter storm. They like to use that type of description to really sensationalize the events. Another headline, dramatic temperature swing plunges Denver back into winter. From that report, people across the Denver area soaked up the sunshine on Tuesday with temperatures in the 60 degree range, making it feel more like early April, in the middle of February. But as residents woke up on Wednesday, they were hit by the harsh reality that it's still winter. On Tuesday night, they say an Arctic front blasted through eastern Colorado. This is, again, chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding surface cold air, replacing the spring-like conditions with bitterly cold air. The mercury in Denver plummeted to 7 degrees. Winter weather whiplash. In fact, about six weeks ago, Denver plummeted 74 degrees in hours from 50 plus degrees above zero to 20 plus degrees below zero again in hours. Here's a related headline. Warming shelters opened to battle frigid Denver conditions. This is winter weather whiplash climate engineering when it was spring like the day before multiple sources, major winter storm with snow and ice to spread across 2,600-mile stretch of the U.S. That sounds really impressive, but not that much fell anywhere. In fact, less than once scheduled to fall, and it's like a stripe across the U.S. And as I've stated before, we've recorded on satellite imagery a 10-mile-wide by 300-mile-long stripe of snow across flat ground in Kansas. Is that nature? A symmetrical stripe across flat ground? Again, climate engineering, that aircraft dumped its payload over cloud moisture in that section, and it came down as a 10-mile-wide stripe of snow, 300 miles long. This last headline says, The enormity of the storm is forecast to wall up parts of the upper Midwest with heavy snow, and it could produce a single-day snowfall record in one major city. I think they're talking about Minneapolis. I don't think it happened. But bottom line is, 
they try to focus on specific locations like they did in Buffalo, like they've done in Erie, New York, with lake effect snow, sensationalized headlines when the surrounding areas are often far above freezing temperatures with no snow. Connect the dots. Another headline, towering drifts block Minnesota highways. Blowing wind piles up snow in some areas while there's no snow in other areas, but they photograph and sensationalize the drifts. That's what this is about. Frigid air, snowstorm in store for the western U.S. this week. Again, sensationalized headlines one after another. This report states, from Wednesday to Thursday, snow levels may dip to close to 1,500 feet around San Francisco. In fact, it was reported that some of the styrofoam-like frozen material, not hail, not snow, did hit some of the beaches in that region. This means that not only may some of the hills in the region receive a coating of snow, but snowflakes could make a rare appearance at some lower elevations. Again, it happened. Next headline, sensationalized, exactly the kind the climate engineers want. Portland, Oregon records snowiest day in 80 years. How could there be any global warming with these kinds of headlines? And that's what the controllers want the public to think. Don't look at the wider horizon. Look at their sleight of hand. Look at their engineered localized events. Whiplash cooldowns in spite of record warm temperatures for so much of the year, record incinerations. But when you see a headline like this, people forget all about that. Let's add more headlines to the mix from AccuWeather as well. Hundreds of thousands without power due to massive winter storm. They really play this up from this headline. Michigan was one of the hardest hit states with over 600,000 customers without power at one point Thursday morning in the Northwest. Shoveling snow is like, again, shoveling cement. I already went over why. And one more not-so-fun fact about what's in the snow, as our lab tests prove, surfactants. Surfactants are what make soap, soap, and slippery, soap-soaked snow. How's that to drive in? That's not hard to figure out, given everything that we see happening. How many thought they knew how to drive in the snow, perhaps from years of experience, that were in for a rude awakening? A few more sensationalized headlines, then I'll move on to the wider horizon, and it both need to be considered to understand what's being done, why, and what the background picture actually is. Very unusual snow event in the Bay Area, a.k.a. the San Francisco region. Yes, very unusual. Chemical nucleation. Next headline. Nearly entire population of California expected to see snow. Every single Matrix media source trumpeting these completely sensationalized headlines, and it works. It makes so many in the population, especially people around other parts of the world and the country, believe that everything's fine in California now. All this rain, all this snow couldn't be further from the truth. I'll get to the levels of the largest reservoirs in the state shortly. Stay with me. Another headline, SoCal sees wild weather shifts as dangerous blizzard heads into region. Another one on the engineered winter weather warfare from the San Francisco Chronicle. Bay Area weather is set up to dramatically change, bringing extreme cold and snow. We know that happened. One more from the San Francisco Chronicle. Why California was hit with unusually cold weather despite planet's extreme warmth. This is part of the manufactured lie that the protracted warming of the planet will also create these very anomalous cooldowns. That is a lie. That is false. This is where the climate change term came from in 1998 when climate intervention operations were radically ramped up globally because 98 was the warmest year ever recorded that that point in time. They elected to double down these events. They knew they would be creating these flash freeze 
winter weather cool down, so they needed a term that would make people believe that this was part of the warming process, which it isn't. The term was, of course, climate change, which they can incorporate all these sort of non-natural events into that and pretend it's part of the overall warming. That's a lie. The parade of winter storms, this report says, that engulfed the West Coast back in January is largely responsible for for California's unusually cold weather compared to most other places in the world. Keep in mind that much of the moisture that's been diverted into the West has been dried up with the operations that scatter that moisture to create a larger cloud canopy and to create the surface cool down. Much of that moisture is dried up in the process. It's called an endothermic reaction. That's why the streams, for example, where I live in Northern California, many of the seasonal streams are not even flowing right now. Again, the lake levels are not anywhere near where people think they are. Again, I'll get to that. And the timing of this, very important. For the last five years running, the climate engineers staged such a flash freeze after the agricultural regions where orchards are have begun to bloom. This will kill most of them. Not an accident. We see the same scenarios happening around the globe. Flash freeze, flash drought, flash flood in regions where there is agricultural production. Couple more headlines on this theme. Please bear with me. I'm trying to paint the picture or make clear what a concerted effort there is to sensationalize what's occurring. For the first time in 34 years, this headline states the National Weather Service issued a blizzard warning for Southern California mountains. And that headline is a home run for the climate engineers and the controllers, exactly the kind that continues to confuse populations about the true extent of planetary meltdown. But what's unfolding can't be hidden for much longer. Wait and see. From the UK Express, Siberian snowstorm set to engulf whole of UK by March as beast from the east returns. Report states the entire UK could be blanketed in snow, according to the latest long-range weather forecast as bitter Siberian chill engulfs the country. It's not a forecast. It's the scheduled weather. It's exactly what it is. A long-range forecaster at the Met Office warned that a sudden stratospheric warming event, an SSW, could see the winter weather last well into March. Again, for the record, not a forecast. This is part of the atmospheric manipulation that goes hand-in-hand with what climate engineers are carrying out on the surface. Final headline, major storm to bring blizzard and feet of snow and flooding rain to Southern California. The report states heavy wet snow. Again, we see that term all the time, and that makes people think it's normal when it's not. It's not historically normal at all. Heavy wet snow to mix in over the hills in the region, and a slushy accumulation can begin around 1,000 feet in elevation. There's a risk that enough clinging snow could fall between 1,000 and 2,500 feet to cause tree limbs to break and power lines to come down. This material is very adhesive. It's part of the chemical ice nucleation material. It causes, again, ice storms, sticks to trees, sticks to foliage, sticks to power lines, does a tremendous amount of damage. Not nature, not naturally nucleated snow. With all this in mind, all this sensationalization of engineered winter weather events, what's the bigger picture? There are now so many days with featureless white or dirty white skies, with a haze in the air, lifeless air, Brilliant true blue skies and well-defined brilliant white cumulus clouds are now all but gone. In my location in the dying forest of Northern California on the east side of still almost half-empty Lake Shasta, the engineered flash freeze surface cool-down initiated early last week on Tuesday afternoon. Though no precipitation for my region was scheduled, jet aircraft were audible flying overhead with a cloud formation that was migrating through our airspace 
and shortly after, an avalanche of what looked like small styrofoam balls poured out of the now diffuse and unnatural-looking cloud cover. And shortly after, the whole cloud formation began to blow apart, with an extremely cold layer of air pouring down to surface levels. Again, patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations. Engineered winter weather. The styrofoam-like frozen balls sat around on the ground for many hours, even after the freakishly cold layer of air had dissipated and temperatures whiplashed back up to 50 degrees plus. And though the unnatural-looking frozen spheres eventually dissipated, very little to no moisture could be seen seeping out, exactly what should be expected from a chemically nucleated frozen material, sublimation, converting from a solid to a gas, bypassing much of the liquid phase. Dry ice is an extreme example of sublimation. So, does the fact that all the sensationalized snow in the West has been chemically enhanced mean that much of the hype snowpack water storage in the West isn't going to save the day and end the drought? Yes, that's exactly what it means. The highly toxic chemically nucleated snow only furthers the decimation and die-off of the still-surviving flora and fauna, including food crops and us. And for the record, again, surfactants are part of the chemical ice nucleation operations and PFAS Forever Chemicals which are now found in every single drop of rain everywhere on the planet. Try not to breathe, to drink, or eat the food. All are contaminated with heavy metals and PFAS forever chemicals. Not speculation, lab test proven facts. Stay tuned for more on that subject. About our food, or the soon-to-be lack of it. Again, for the fifth year in a row, Northern California orchards bloomed due to the ever-warmer winters, and then the weather makers carried out an engineered winter weather flash freeze operation and killed it all, or at least much of it. Not just in regions of California, but other locations in the U.S., while record high temperatures pushing 90 degrees occurred in the east. On that note, this headline from this week, D.C. cherry blossoms off to early start, but winter isn't over yet, the headline says. Question, is a flash freeze being scheduled for D.C. after this warm-up and the blooming? New from CNN, it's never been this warm in February. Here's why that's not a good thing. Reports this more than 130 cities from the Gulf of Mexico to the Great Lakes set new records for daily and monthly high temperatures this week, highs up to the 80s and more. What happens when the climate engineers, a.k.a. weather terrorists, don't have enough moisture to carry out chemical ice nucleation cooldowns or so-called solar radiation management operations? Whiplash warm-ups are what happens. Now, increasingly record warm-ups. Same theme from AccuWeather. This headline of the scheduled weather. Record-breaking spring-like warmth set to build in the southeast. The report states many in the United States are set to receive a blast of cold air, ice, and heavy snow this week as a strong storm system races across the country. However, the report says in the southeast and much of the mid-Atlantic, a very different scene is likely to unfold. Instead of cold and snow, millions are likely to experience record-shattering warmth. According to AccuWeather forecasters, a.k.a. script readers, in what has already been a mild winter for some, many locations will soon have weather that is more typical of May or June than February. A few spots inland may even manage to reach the 90-degree mark. Ever more extreme extremes and climate intervention operations at the core of all of it, and all of it decimating the entire web of life along with our food supply in every imaginable way. On that note... This headline, covered by the UK Guardian, which was covering a new report from the Wall Street Journal this week. Quote, best way to save money, just eat two meals, says the Wall Street Journal. 
Here's from the report. Let's eat only two meals a day. Back in the 90s, North Korea, which was suffering through a terrible famine, adopted a slogan which cheerfully asked its impoverished citizens to eat less. Decades later, it looks like the Wall Street Journal wants to bring that slogan home to America. Quote, to save money, maybe you should skip breakfast, end quote. Headline from the Wall Street Journal. It's a recent piece documenting inflation in breakfast foods like eggs, which is honestly quite a restrained take for the journal. Why not up the ante a little bit and ask some really difficult questions like, have you tried existing on grub worms or to save rich people from experiencing any inconvenience whatsoever? Maybe the poor should live in underground tunnels, In quote, all part of this report. So there you have it from the Wall Street Journal. Short on money, just stop eating. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 394, February 25th, 2023. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Florida, Texas, two stations in San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, two Colorado stations including Denver, Portland, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Santa Cruz, San Bernardino, California, Washington State, Alabama, Columbus, Ohio, New York State, two stations in the far north of California, Tucson, Arizona, and the Carolinas north and south. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. If you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail outs don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary titled The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities, now with over 1 million views on YouTube. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video or report, On YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience about reaching those that still aren't looking up. Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials can be found on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There's very high quality printed materials with shocking images, a picture's worth a thousand words as the proverb goes. We now have new Geoengineering Watch hoodies to go with our new Geoengineering Watch shirts, both with very high quality four color images on both sides. An image of a military jet tanker descending down over the planet and spraying. A dimming sun is in the background with the caption, Stop Climate Engineering. Investigate. And below that, geoengineeringwatch.org so they can find a source of information. Scannable business cards and bumper stickers, all effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out. If you're willing to share a picture of yourself with a Geoengineering Watch t-shirt, perhaps at a gym or farmer's market, busy street downtown, please send us your photo so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. A final mention, if you know of any radio station that might be interested in airing the non-political commercial-free Global Alert News Hour, have them contact us at admin at geoengineeringwatch.org. We'll take it from there. This battle is a team effort. If we can awaken the masses, we could yet alter the equation. 
My deepest gratitude to all those who are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters. Stay tuned for more input on how you can make your voice heard. Next headline from Bloomberg. Take me out to the wind turbines. Boat rides to offshore wind farms offer visitors an otherworldly opportunity to get up close. Yes, the spectacle of the massive and in so many ways destructive wind turbines popping up all over the world, along with expansive solar power farms, both forms of alternative energy that aren't as green as we've been told by a long shot and are being radically hampered by the climate intervention operations, less overall wind and far less direct sunlight. That's what got me into this battle. My off-grid home, cover of the world's largest renewable energy magazine, greatly reduced solar output, in fact, on some days, 70 or 80% less from what the aircraft were emitting. I knew that could not be condensation. Indeed, it was not. And this update on other very primary effects of climate engineering operations, engineered drought, the water situation in the U.S. West, this headline from this week, Lake Powell, record low. Lake Mead, close, still Also record lows. Lake Shasta, still just over half full. The notion that the drought is over is completely false. Smoke and mirrors. Wait till this summer. The climate engineers could change the script. I recognize that. It does change, in fact, from day to day. Sometimes the entire next six weeks of scheduled weather is changed from day to day. As the climate engineers scramble to manage a disintegrating climate that they have helped so much to make happen. Back to the bottom line question of just how bad is our situation. From InsideClimateNews.org, scientists examine dangerous global warming, quote, accelerators. From that report, a new study categorizes climate feedback loops and the possibility they could push the climate past planetary tipping points. No, not could. Long since have. And now the question is, what will the predator class do next as they play their most dangerous cards of all. Biosphere collapse has beat them to the intersection. They are more desperate and dangerous now than ever before. From CNN, this headline this week, nearly 30 dangerous feedback loops could permanently shift the Earth's climate, say scientists. From that report, dangerous climate feedback loops are increasing global warming and risk-causing permanent shift away from the Earth's current climate, according to a new study. Way too late for that. What was is gone. It's not coming back. The report continues, climate feedback loops are cyclical chain reactions that happen when one change triggers further changes in a process that keeps on repeating itself. How many remember the term cascading collapse, which I've covered on this broadcast many times over many years? Matrix Media is not alluding to the truth now because they care about the truth, but because... It's becoming all but impossible to hide. The CNN report continues. Take Arctic ice, for example. Warming temperatures cause sea ice to melt, revealing the dark ocean water beneath. As dark surfaces absorb more heat than reflective surfaces like ice, the ocean warms and more ice melts. Again, been over this broadcast after broadcast, CNN just getting to it. They continue, climate feedback loops can also indirectly affect each other, according to the study, creating a complex web of interconnected changes that can accelerate the impacts of the climate crisis. This is an abrupt climate collapse. Again, cascading collapse. 
More from CNN. There is a risk that some of these feedback loops could trigger climate tipping points. Again, we're well past that. For example, feedback loops accelerating Arctic ice melt could ultimately cause the Greenland ice sheet to collapse. Already underway. Then this from CNN. In the worst case, if amplifying feedback loops are strong enough, the result is likely tragic climate changes that's moved beyond anything humans can control. End quote from CNN. Already there. Climate engineering... Weather warfare is further fueling the doom spiral. Final statement from CNN. It's too late to fully prevent the pain of climate change, but if we take meaningful steps soon while prioritizing human basic needs and social justice, it could still be possible to limit the harm. And if pigs had wings, they could fly. That's how absurd this is. When you're through the guardrail, you can't say if we put some new brakes on the car, everything might be fine. The so-called science community needs to summon the courage to start telling the truth, the whole truth, while it still can make a difference. Moving on, more that Matrix Media is trying to cover up. From the IndianExpress.com, India records over a thousand forest fires in one week. From that report, with temperatures soaring above normal, India witnessed a whopping 1,156 forest fires during the last week significantly worsening the air quality index. India is literally blanketed in forest fires, and we hear exactly nothing about it from Matrix Media. Next from the UK Guardian, Australia faces unprecedented wildfires next summer, supercharged by global heating. The report says fuel loads that increased after heavy rain are now drying out and creating powder cake conditions for future fires, the report warns. Australia should prepare for wildfires on a scale not experienced before. Stop and consider the magnitude of that last statement, given the beyond extreme incinerations that have already occurred in Australia over recent years. And now they're already warning the population that worse is coming. From DW.com, this, wildfires in Chile wreak havoc. From that report, hundreds of wildfires have claimed numerous victims in Chile amid an intense heat wave. Tens of thousands of hectares have already been incinerated. Large swaths of the country are submerged in smoke. And there's this question about that smoke canopy. What are the climate engineers spraying directly on top of it, using it to cover their operations? Just like in the Paradise Fire, geoengineeringwatch.org captured on time-lapse film footage shown on the dimming documentary blanket aerosol spraying directly on top of the paradise fire smoke canopy why and whatever the answer is it's certainly not benevolent bottom line wherever there's not enough atmospheric moisture for the climate engineers to chemically nucleate temperatures are going through the roof for the record once the polar ice deposits implode the heating goes even more exponential on that note An Arctic without sea ice could have the same warming impact as a trillion tons of carbon dioxide emission. That's 25 years worth of warming at the world's current emission rate. Multiple sources on that headline. Also, for the record, not could have the same effect, will have, and more. From Newsweek, this, strange thunderstorms hitting the Arctic are getting longer. Thunderstorms are unusual in the Arctic because they require moist, warm conditions to form. This increase in extreme weather is likely due to the rapid atmospheric changes that have occurred in the Arctic in recent decades. Climate intervention operations are part of that equation, which they will never mention, of course. From theweathernetwork.com, Antarctic sea ice melts to a new record low for the second straight year. 
consider and remember that global ocean temperatures have shattered heat records for the last four years in a row, each year warmer than the last. And remember this, a cubic meter of seawater can contain 4,000 times the thermal energy as a cubic meter of air, a fact that doesn't bode well for our collective futures. The excess heat that the oceans have been absorbing is now going to increasingly be released back into the atmosphere. With that in mind, from multiple sources, this headline, Stronger El Nino could cause irreversible melting of Antarctica and the Arctic. Not could, not may, not might, will. I intended to cover the ubiquitous global contamination of PFAS forever chemicals, but I'm almost out of time in this broadcast and there's some things I want to say, so that will have to wait till next week. But this, when we lose the polar ice, conditions on the planet will become unrecognizable at blinding speed. Deadly deluges like those that have just occurred in New Zealand, Brazil, and Madagascar, to name a few, and deadly droughts occurring in so many other regions of the world will be amplified further. Again, with climate engineering operations being a core part of the equation. And as the walls close in from every direction, is global conflict the final option for the controllers? And Why would the U.S. population continue to support such insanity? Here's a headline that sums it all up from consortiumnews.com. The victory of perception management. How completely appropriate that term is. To understand how the American people find themselves trapped in today's Orwellian dystopia of endless warfare against an ever-shifting collection of evil enemies. Think back to the Vietnam War and the shock to the ruling elite caused by an unprecedented popular uprising against that war. While on the surface, official Washington pretended that the mass war protests didn't change policy, a panicky reality existed behind the scenes, a recognition that a major investment in domestic propaganda would be needed to ensure that future imperial adventures would have the public's eager support, or at least its confused acquiescence. How stunningly effective the events of 9-11 were for this objective, a.k.a the new Pearl Harbor, after which U.S. populations were willing to support anything and everything the empire wanted, no questions asked. This commitment to what the insiders call perception management began in earnest with the Reagan administration in the 1980s, but it would come to be the accepted practice of all subsequent administrations, regardless of their political stripes. One might think that the American public would at some point begin to rebel against these types of empirical adventures and entangling alliances with the 1984-like demonizing of one new enemy after another after another. The endless parade of wars have not only helped the controllers to siphon off trillions of dollars from U.S. taxpayers, they've led to the deaths of thousands of U.S. troops and to the tarnishing of America's image from the attendant evils of war going back so far, including a lengthy detour into the dark side of torture, assassinations, collateral killings of countless innocents, the list goes on and on. But that's where the history of perception management comes in. The need to keep American people compliant and confused. Again, in the 1980s, the Reagan administration was determined to kick the Vietnam Syndrome, a.k.a. the revulsion that many Americans felt for warfare after all those years in the blood-soaked jungles of Vietnam, along with all the lies that were used to justify the chaos and carnage. So the challenge for the U.S. government became how to present the actions of, quote, enemies, 
always in the darkest light, while baiting the behavior of the U.S. side in a heroic and benevolent light. The controllers also had to stage this propaganda theater in what the American population mistakenly believed to be a free country with a supposedly independent press, which, of course, couldn't be further from the truth. We, all of us, each of us, are drowning in a rapidly rising sea of tyranny, deception, and destruction. To confront the hard truth isn't easy. Indeed, it can cause, and almost always does, deep despair, because there's so few voices to trust, and they're easily drowned out by floods of disinformation that can come from any angle, right, left, or center. But the truth can be found if it's actively and honestly sought. We have a God-given sense of reason for a reason. It's up to each of us, up to all of us, to make the most of it. Global conflict can only be escalated with the active or passive support of the majority population. The same is true in regard to the ongoing weather warfare operations. A reminder of this more appropriate than ever quote from Henry David Thoreau, Thank God men cannot fly, lest they would lay waste to the sky as they have done to the earth. From a century and a half ago, he saw it coming, and now it's here. From the Hopi Indian prophecies, In the time of great change, there will be cobwebs spun in the sky, the earth covered in a spider web. Is that time now? You decide. It would certainly seem so. And even now, so many are sound asleep at the wheel, driving on autopilot, programmed to reject any information that conflicts with their programmed perception of what really is and isn't. Why are we here? What's the point? What's our purpose? What do we want to be found doing when we take our last breaths, when we meet our Maker? Such questions can only be answered by the individual for themselves. The calling of conscience, which, if heeded with no reservation or hesitation, is all-empowering, a source of unshakable solace. No matter what we face, no matter how great the odds are against us, we can't lose if we steadfastly refuse to yield to the fading of the light. Never give up, ever. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific details on how you can help to move this fight forward. Sharing credible data from a credible source is key. Please, make your voice heard while it can still make a difference. Every single day counts in this all-important battle for everything that matters, for everything that we hold dear. And if we stand together, our collective efforts can yet make a difference even at this late hour. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.